Welcome to Super Together. It's the podcast where a couples therapist and a life coach talk about how to be better at relationships. I'm James Cochran, and I'm the couples therapist. And with me, as always, is life coach Ginger Rothus, still trying to figure out what the very best title for Ginger is in the work that she does. Um, but yes. Ginger, we're recording this on New Year's Eve, December yes. 30th, 2020. Um, and it's coming out on New Year's Day. So you, listener, will be hearing this on New Year's Day, uh, assuming you are one of our preferred listeners and actually listen on New Year's Day. Um, so let's talk about the topic on everyone's mind, Gary Marshall's 2011 film, New Year's Eve, um, which has got a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, featured who, I, I think in 2011, it had some big names. Um, Ashton Kutcher, Leah Michelle, I think Jessica Biel was in it. Um, Julia Roberts probably made a cameo. Her and Gary Marshall uh, are pals. Uh, we're pals. I think he's passed on. Um, so obviously, um, best holiday film of all time. Um, we didn't include it on our uh, favorite <laughs> holiday movies list, probably just because everybody assumed it was occupying the number one spot. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we're talking about uh, New Year's resolutions um, and growth and improvement and those types of things. That feels like it's a topic that's on everybody's mind. So Ginger, what do you, um, what do you think about when you think about New Year's resolutions? Yeah, my thinking has evolved a lot, I think, over the years and with age on New Year's resolutions. It used to be all about goal setting and new starts and what can I accomplish this year. And I think that you know, as I get older and as I work with more people who are struggling with self-worth and feeling not enough, I've really changed the way I look at New Year's resolutions. And um, I, I guess it's a softening a bit and it's it's mm -hmm. more self-compassion around what if what if it's all okay already? What if, what if there's mm -hmm. nothing to improve? What if nothing needs changing? And that's a radical shift for me personally and with a lot of the people I work with of, you know, we just are inundated with messages of, of kind of subliminal messages, I think sometimes of this need to improve. Every product we see for sale, every, um, you know, post on social media is a, is, feels like comparison, feels like there's something I'm missing, there's something I need to buy or do. And, and so I think we almost have to be really intentional about working against that sometimes and saying, what if, what if I'm already good enough? I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I think I, I agree uh, generally. My um, experience with New Year's resolutions is is an interesting one because when people come to me for counseling, whether it's an individual or a couple, I, I'm always asking the question, like, where do you want to be? What are our goals? Like, how do we organize a treatment plan that focuses on kind of who you are now and how the ideal version of this life or this relationship um, looks. So so I do think that that is a, um, it's usually a top of mind thing when I'm working with folks. Um, I think New Year's resolutions are, are interesting in that um, it is a time of year in which the collective energy of the country, uh, and, and you know, I'm talking about the United States specifically, um, but I'm sure that this is a phenomenon that exists elsewhere as well, um, says, okay, um, you've been slacking, you've been not the person you're supposed to be. And now it's time to, you know, we're getting new calendars. Um, you know, we're putting a different number at the end of all of our dates and signatures and all that type of stuff. 
So now's the time to sort of reorient yourself. And I think I agree. I think a lot of that is focused on some perceived sense of not good enoughness, some perceived sense of lack um, that is very much cultivated by our consumeristic society um, that says, oh, well, if you buy these dope new shoes, um, you'll be able to run faster. I don't know if you're... Um, if you were aware of the phenomena where everybody wanted PF flyers, um, in like the nineties because of the movie, uh, Sandlot, um, where, um, I, I can't even remember what the, the guy's name was. Um, but he had PF flyers and that made him like super fast and he could like jump over a fence in a single bound. And, uh, and that, I think that that's, that's what a new year's resolution feels like from the kind of capitalist worldview is, you're not fast enough now, so buy this new thing, and then you'll be fast enough. Um, and that is certainly something that I try to challenge with my clients. I think part of why you and I are wanting to have this discussion, and I think our listeners should know that this is kind of like a 2.0 version of a conversation that you and I had about a month ago, and our recording just failed somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up you know, pivoting and doing some other things. Um, but now we're really in this space of new year's resolutions where it almost feels more timely to have this discussion now. Um, but I think where we come into this is thinking, well, do we want people to look at themselves, to look at their relationships and say, um, there's room for me to grow. How do we allow them to hold that energy while at the same time saying I'm good enough as I am? Cause that feels like a paradox in some ways, right? It feels like, mm-hmm. Well, if I accept myself as I am, then I don't need to change anything about myself. I don't need to uh, be different in the way that I show up in my relationships or the way that I go to work or any of those other types of things. Um, And yet um, people can look at their relationships and the way that they show up to work and say, man, like there's a lot of this that is really dissatisfying or really frustrating. And so I think that what we're trying to do is figure out how do we help people understand the right way to approach that or, or even just a right way to approach that? What are the kinds of questions that they could ask? So when, when you think about that, like, you know, someone says, um, maybe if they're arriving to this conversation and point A is, okay, it's a new year, time to set some New Year's resolutions, time to figure out how I can be better and do better and all these types of things. Um, what's like the first reframe that we could offer people uh, to think about that kind of process differently? Yeah, I think that um, what I hear in your description is this kind of, I don't know, I should be doing something better, you know, than I am right now, or I should be doing something differently. And so one of the reframes I think is, is maybe we think about instead of discipline or change, we think about it in terms of what am I devoted to? What, what do I, how do I want to feel? What do I want to be like in this relationship? Um, what's my personal responsibility here? And so it's almost like a rising to something greater instead of a um, punishing for something that I need to change about myself. So devotion rather than discipline or what am I dedicated to? Um, And I think in our relationships, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's so hard to know when is it you know, we, we both preach personal responsibility a lot, but when, you know, with self-improvement, I think there's also this 
kind of nuance in relationships of like, if I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to try to be a better person, then you need to do it too. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's yeah. not really fair either because we're putting on them a judgment that they need to improve or change something about mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think that it also comes back to if, if I am trying to be my best self and you are trying to be your best self and I am wanting what's best for you and trying to help you thrive and you are doing the same for me, then that's a very healthy spirit of let's grow together and, and let's work on the things that aren't serving us well right now or aren't working for us. But, um, you know, I think that how do we, how do we want to feel as individuals? How do we want to feel in this relationship? I think those are really good kind of reframes instead of just jumping into goals and, and yeah. projects of what are, what are we trying to accomplish? How do I want to live my life? What do I want to contribute to this other person? Um, what do I need them to contribute to me? Kind of those, you know, those types of reframes would be kind yeah. of what I would help explore. Yeah. What I hear you describing is it's less about how do I need to change and more about what are the conditions I want to live inside down the line? You know, what are the, um, the circumstances that I can be contributing toward? Uh, and, and, and a way that we sometimes describe this in the therapeutic context is through this notion of like the miracle question. Um, so when I'm setting goals with the clients, what I'll ask them is, okay, if I could wave a magic wand and everything was exactly the way you wanted it to be, uh, what would be different? You know, how would you feel? How would you spend your time? What would you do more of? What would you do less of? Um, and thinking about things in those terms, as opposed to saying, Hey, what's wrong with you? Um, and how do we fix you as a, as a broken thing? Um, and instead say, um, if six months from now you want to be volunteering more, um, well, okay, what, what inspires that? What is it about your heart that would feel more fulfilled, uh, more connected, uh, if you were able to lean into practices like that? And then what do you need to do today? What do you need to do a week from now, a month from now? So that along that timeline, you would be looking at your life six months from now and saying, yeah, this is more consistent with the life that I want to be living. Um, so, so part of that shift is away, I think, from uh, what are the ways in which I'm deficient and how can I point myself toward an aspirational version of selfhood that reflects my most authentic character? Um, and that's, that is, I think, a, a part of how we do this differently, maybe than just sort of the traditional, um, hey, you need to lose 10 pounds or, um, you know, you need to be, I think I posted something on Instagram this week, uh, sort of refuting the notion of new year, new you, which is a notion that I think we hear a lot of. And I, I'll admit that I've been guilty of, you know, thinking that as an individual in the past or promoting that to people in different contexts in the past, they're like, hey, this is a time to, you know, refocus on, on kind of who you want to be. Uh, and I really think what we're communicating to people is like the you that you are is good enough. You are, you deserve love. You are worthy exactly as you are. You don't need to change to be better uh, or more able to receive love from the important people in your life or from yourself. That doesn't mean that your life is exactly the way that you want it to be right now, or that the way that you spend your time, the way that you devote your energy is consistent with your highest aspirations. Um, and so that is the, those are, I think, the kinds of questions that we um, encourage folks to ask. Yeah, I think that, you know, I have a phrase that I say a lot that is 
suffering comes when we wish it was different. Mm -hmm. So suffering comes when we wish a relationship was different or a person was different or I was different or, um, you know, reality was different. We've been up against that one a lot in 2020. Uh, and so that's one thing that I work with people a lot on is what are we wishing was different because that's our pain point or that's where we're creating suffering for ourselves because the wishing it was different keeps us stuck and upset. So what I heard you say is kind of name that of what if, if I had a miracle, if I could work a miracle and change something, I say, if I had a magic wand and could, you know, make this go away for you, what would it, what would that thing be? Yeah. And, um, and under that oftentimes, um, you know, some of it we can excavate away and see that, oh wait, it's my thinking around this, or there really is something tangible that I, I want to work on. And, yeah. and when we come from a point of self-improvement, from that direction, I feel that it's much more authentic and much more um, real to you. And therefore, you have the motivation and the purpose to actually do the thing once you really get aware of what that is. Yeah. And I almost I almost think of it as like we're sort of disaligning the spectra. Is that the plural of spectrum? Spectra? I think so. That feels right. It sounds um, good. The spectra of growth and change from the spectra of like worth and value. Yeah. Um, and I think the difficulty is, and, and I think we can just name, um, you know, um, our, the way that our bodies look, feel, behave as one of the more prominent ones that we hear around this time of year. I mean, the cliche is that, you know, gym memberships are going to spike um, in the month of January um, and that that's going to be the result of people saying, okay, it's a new year. Uh, my body looks like X and I'd prefer that it looks like Y. And so I'm going to uh, lean into to making that change. Uh, I think the challenge is whether or not you have those goals, um, it's, it's where are those goals finding their root? Um, are they, because I look like X, I want to look like Y and that will make me better. That will make me more worthy. That will make me more deserving of love. And that is, I think the notion that we're fundamentally refuting. Um, and it's difficult in the kind of mainstream conversations around new year's resolutions to do that because so much of it is like, um, you know, be better, be, be this, be that, um, look like these people. Um, and that's an age old challenge when it comes to the way that our media informs our sense of self is that it's, there's this sort of idealized version and the closer you are to that idealized version, the, the easier it is to feel valuable inside of our, inside of our culture. And so what we're saying is there's one spectrum that says, um, here is where I am relative to my most authentic self. Um, and I can be moving along this spectrum of authenticity on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis. And that is the one that we encourage people to pay attention to when it comes to the work of counseling, the work of coaching, the work of um, any sort of individual relational self-improvement. It's saying, here's where I am. Here's what more authentic looks like. So how can I be moving in that direction? But we're detaching it from this other spectrum of self-worth, which says, um, well, if I'm over here, I'm worth more than when I'm here. And I think what you and I would probably say and argue and believe is that, that that spectrum 
probably doesn't exist in the way that many people think that it does. Um, there isn't actually anything that's going to make you be worth more or be worth less, that your value is something that is inherent in your humanity. And no gym membership is going to change that. No amount of um, fancy journaling is going to change that. No, uh, you know, uh, career goals or relational goals are going to are going to change that. Um, and so if you can say to yourself, I'm good enough exactly as I am. I'm worthy exactly as I am, but I can still find ways to be more authentic with the person that I want to be. I can, I can um, spend more time with my family because that's a more authentic expression of who I am. Now, spending more time with my family or spending less time with my family has no bearing on my value as a person. If I, if I set out to spend more time with my family and then I have a really tough month where I don't spend more time with my family, that doesn't mean I've failed. It doesn't mean I'm worth less. Um, it just means that I'm not as far as long as I'd like to be on that spectrum of authenticity. Does that conceptualization make sense as I am saying mm -hmm. it? I'm, I'm hoping that it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. And I think that, um, you know, for, uh, for all human beings, it's how do I contribute with my days on this planet? Um, how, how, what do I want that contribution to be? Um, how do I sh want to show up in my relationships? How do I want to love people and make them feel seen, heard, and understood? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's the starting point for this type of work. And, um, you know, it's just deeper than society or social media might mm -hmm. offer to us. Yeah. So if you were going to, um, help people participate in this conversation. Cause it's not, it's not like new year's resolutions are bad. Goals are bad. Growth is bad. No. I think we're, we're both in helping professions that are oriented right. to helping people grow. Right. Um, but how might we give people like, what are the best practices when it comes to, um, you're going to sit down, you know, like I, we mentioned, um, when we got on the, uh, the recording today, you asked if Lindsay was working because I had to like set my kids up with a movie to distract them so that I could record mm -hmm. uninterrupted. And what I responded was that well, she's not like at work necessarily, um, but she is setting aside time today for year reflection and goal setting. Um, and so like, I think that we both say like it's there's value in taking stock of where you are and where you want to be. Um, we just want to make sure that we're equipping people to do that in a way that is yeah. healthy for them and allows them to um, to be who they want to be without making these judgments on their value. Um, so best practices, yeah. what we think is important for people to pay attention to as they engage in a process like this. Yeah. One thing I've been doing with clients this week is, um, you know, what it, it kind of like casting a vision for your future self in 2021. So the questions kind of boil down to like, what do you want to be this year? Who, who, what person do you want to be this year? And how does that person feel inside? You know, so you kind of, um, cast this vision for the future you in, especially in 2021, because I think there's this very different dynamic happening, transitioning out of 2020 into 2021. We have a lot of expectations on how great this year is going to be because last year was so bad. So we have to manage that a bit. But, but it's also a great opportunity of um, optimism to say, you know, who do I want to be? And then how does that person feel inside her body? What is she, what is she like when she goes through the world? And what traits and characteristics does she have or he have? Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, and then what could you do to become this person? You know, what is it every day? What is it every quarter? What is it every month? Um, And it's not pressure things. It's more like I'm my best self when I spend time in meditation and when I am making sure I schedule fun and pleasure into my day. I, when I sleep well, when I eat well, when I drink lots of water, you know, so it's those kinds of things. It's not punishing. It's instead casting the future and very tangibly creating the future you. And then you, you naturally want to do that because you have this vision of how this person feels when, when she's living that way. Um, so that's, that's a fun exercise. It's a very positive exercise. Um, and it's one that I think is a way of reframing New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah. I along those same lines, I always encourage people to focus on um, process goals rather than outcome goals. Mm-hmm. So thinking about um, it's it's not to me very valuable to say um, this is how many pounds I want to be at a particular time of year, um, mm-hmm. and instead focus on. Um, because again, most of that outcome kind of conversation is rooted in, well, once I get to this place, yes. then I will be valuable. Exactly. Uh, and so if I weigh X by July, then I will then I will be good enough. But then that begs the question, it's like, okay, well, one, you're conflating those two spectra that we talked about a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you're doing is you're negating um, any work that you achieve toward that goal that isn't exactly X. So let's say you get to like X minus one and then, then the question is, okay, so have you failed? Are you, are you not as good? Are you, have you not made as much progress? Um, and, and to me that highlights the value of saying, um, and one of the things that I, you and I have talked about that, that I personally really love is intuitive eating and a lot of the, um, uh, philosophy around intuitive eating. And one of the things that it describes is, um, like joyful movement and gentle nutrition. So it's not so much focused on, you need to exercise this many minutes a day, which is very much an outcome goal. And instead saying like, I want to be somebody that moves my body more in ways that bring me joy. Um, I want to be somebody that um, offers my body the nutrition and variety that it needs instead of saying, I need to eat 10, you know, heads of broccoli a day. Is that what they're called? Heads, bouquets Mm -hmm. um, of broccoli, some amount of broccoli a day. Um, And so instead saying like, what are the types of processes I want to be involved in um, as opposed to focusing on specific outcomes? Um, Because outcomes are so much outside our control. I have Mm -hmm. a very, very limited impact on like in terms of like my actual agency and decision-making more limited at least than I would like to believe on like what my body might look like six months from now, for example. Um, you know, I could do all the things that I'm quote unquote supposed to be doing, moving my body, eating in the ways that I was, I'm supposed to be doing, but I've also got like genes, right. And I've also got two children and there's all these different elements that might make it difficult for me on a day in and day out basis to be sort of moving toward that outcome goal. But if instead I say, you know, I, I want to be moving my body more because moving my body more is consistent with my most authentic self. I'll have the energy that I need to play the tickle monster game with my daughters and I'll have the energy that I need to play pickup basketball in the summer months. Like those types of things are focused on a process rather than an outcome. So ask yourself when you're identifying these goals, am I, am I putting a target in front of me that I, I don't have as much control over as I might imagine that I do? And how can I shift that into saying, 
well, what would this look like more? You know, like, how can I, what, what do I need to do more of or less of um, to be pointed in that direction, but not necessarily judge myself based on the actual outcomes? Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. I I think any this idea of moving your body for joy, eating for joy, sleeping for joy, having lunch with a friend for joy, going to dinner with your partner for joy, all of that is... I, I love that process focus rather than outcome focus. And because really living in the moment is the greatest work we have as human beings. Um, and that achieves that if you are, if you are doing something for joy in the moment, um, you know, then you are present in that moment. You're paying attention to that person. More likely you are engaged in what's happening around you. And, and we all know that's really, you know, this, the, the bottom line to every self-help book I've ever read usually has something about living in the present moment. And sure. yeah. And so I think that, you know, maybe if nothing else, that's, that's the goal for 2021 is, and that's the lesson learned from 2020 is that we were forced a bit to sit mm -hmm. still and, and forced a bit to face a present reality. And, you know, and so maybe we, in, rather than in suffering, like we did in 2020, we, we put that sit in it into joy. So uh, one thing that I'm excited about is that starting today, that's January 1st, um, if you go to convergecourses.com slash intimacy and use the code new year, you can get $5 off Quinn Eggseeker Max new course on emotional and sexual intimacy. Uh, love this course, uh, was uh, really privileged to be a part of its development with Quinn, and it is a great way to become more closely connected to your partner. Um, and so as an added incentive, um, I am making uh, one of my courses, which is focused on connection-oriented communication. So that's called Connect. So if you go on and you buy Quinn's course right now, use the code NEW YEAR, um, you get her course, $5 off, and then you get my course for another 99 cents. Um, it's usually like 30 bucks and I've just kind of decided, you know, I'd, I'd rather people that ha have those two things in conjunction with each other than, uh, feel like they have to choose between one or two. Um, so that's kind of the plan right now. So convergecourses.com slash intimacy, uh, use the code new year. That's going to be happening through the end of this month, the end of the month, January. And I think, you know, along the lines of what you've been, you know, I've been talking about, my hope is that. It, it is very much a, a process oriented kind of thing. It's not saying do these 25 things and then you're going to have the relationship that you've always wanted. <laughs> Instead, it's like, here's how you talk to each other, um, have conversations about emotional intimacy, sexual intimacy, um, how you can exercise tools like validation um, and, you know, perspective taking and all those types of things in a way that is valuable today and it's valuable a month from now, whether you're talking about peanut butter or you're talking about, um, you know, what where the kids are going to go to preschool or any of all of those types of things. So I think that that's a cool thing. I probably spent too much time talking about it um, in this particular segment. So we'll wrap it up there. Ginger, take us home. Yes. Super Together is produced by James Cochran, Melody Rowell, and me, Ginger Rothus. You can find links to our amazing Facebook community, our practice websites, and the rest of our social links at our home on the web, supertogether.org. If you want to submit a listener voicemail, we would love it. Give us a call at 913-428-9729. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to Super Together. It helps new people find the show, and it makes us feel really good about ourselves. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Until then, be well. Be well.